Welcome to SBO Perspectives. I'm Jack Mitchell, along here with the esteemed John Bricado. That's right, John Bricado. And listen, we got something different today. I mean, we always have something different, right, John? We do, but, but today, this, I mean, I think we're going to hit yeah. many different uh, walks of life with the, the business official experience. Yeah, this is great. And I mean, you know, I always rely on our experiences, our relationships that we have across the state with everybody and SBOs and what's beneficial. And so we have another fellow SBO and she did an awesome job. And what I want to say before we kind of get into it is that this is an episode that not only, you know, maybe a lot of episodes of maybe you might think for newer SBOs as people come to the profession, but no, this is for seasoned SBOs. And uh, I think you're getting a lot of it. So John, why don't you get into who we got on today? Yeah, as Jack said, our, our podcast is really ideally tailored for everyone and we bring all different perspectives to the podcast. But today especially, I think is really important because not only is this going to resonate with those coming into the field, but more so those that are already sitting in the seat having to negotiate their own contracts. And today we have Carrie Laughlin of Center Moriches. Am I saying that right, Jack? I can't get this right. Moriches. Remember Moriches. The more riches, the more money. <laughs> so You're not a Long Islander. Right, right, right. So my, yeah, my, my Buffalo's coming through. So as I was saying, you know, we have Carrie from Central Mauritius, who really is kind of a master negotiator when it comes to negotiating, not so much on the side of the district, but being a self-advocate and negotiating for yourself. Because, you know, we don't talk about that enough where as a school business official, you're in charge of your own contract. You know, you may be negotiating on behalf of the district with different unions, but when it comes down to it, your contract's gonna be up and you need to be looking out for yourself, but also balancing that kind of walking that line with looking out for the district's interest as well. So we really have a great conversation today with Carrie and she lays it all out for us in terms of what to anticipate both as a new business official, as in a seasoned business official and really how to approach that. And it's, it's, it's a great conversation. So we look forward to that. And here is our interview with Carrie Laughlin. Today on the podcast, we have Carrie Laughlin, Assistant Superintendent for Business at the Center Moriches School District. Welcome, Carrie. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. You're good. Perfect, perfect. Welcome to the podcast. We, we just said you got to work with your Long Island accent. I know, you know, being from Buffalo, I'm, a, I'm way out of my element. He's a Western here. New Yorker. He's got a different <laughs> whole number of But Carrie is great. Thanks. I mean, you know, I didn't think you were going to come on. You were kind of like, kind of hesitant. What, what are you worried about? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, but listen, for our listeners out there, we got a great episode lined up. Carrie is an expert. Now, the reason why I had asked Carrie to come on is because, like, I think even it's more timely. Every episode we do, the podcast is something where it's going to be current. It's going to be something that um, our listeners are, gonna, are facing. So right now, we know there's going to be movement. Well, there's movement every year, but maybe movement more so this year for folks getting new positions in different areas, right? Our peers with openings. And so I remember, Carrie, and do you remember this? It might have been like four years ago because the pandemic messes up so much time. First, I was off a year. Now I'm off two years. <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> but I remember you were saying how you mass negotiated contract. And like, personally, I know that there are resources that ASL has that, you know, folks have for you when you negotiating. But a lot of folks, like I know myself, when I came into my position, I just said, let's, hey, this is, this is an opportunity. I'm just taking it. I didn't even think about negotiating, but you really broke it down. So do you remember that conversation? Or no, you probably I do. Yeah, it was four years ago when I was transferring here to Center Riches. And 
Okay. You know, getting your emailing, asking me to do this with you guys was kind of timely because I'm in the middle of renegotiating that contract now. So awesome. it awesome. is a, it's a timely conversation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's part of the question too, because I want to know how to renegotiate as well. So anyway, let's roll into it. So my first question is, why do you think that most SBOs, you know, why don't they really negotiate their contract when they're hired? And 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 from your perspective, because I know you always take this seriously, why do you think it's really important and why would you so? Well, I think like you just said, Jack, is that some people just don't know that they can. I would say mostly new SBOs, you know, coming into this, they're just happy to, you know, get their foot in the door and get a job. So they'll take whatever contracts being provided to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but never mind new, but some of us that have been in the business for a while and maybe switching districts, you know, need to know that we have the right to negotiate that contract, just like any collective bargaining agreement does, you know, within our districts, we negotiate with them. We have to remember as business officials, we have that same right as an individual to do it, you know, and it's important as we move into the position, either as a new business official or continuing our career elsewhere, that's setting our pace for the next job or for our future, for our retirement. You know, those are all things that we've got to look at as we start preparing those contracts each year and with each position. It's great, awesome. Carrie. And, you know, as, as Jack alluded to earlier, I think business officials and, and ASBO as a whole were anticipating some pretty made gaps between the vacancies and qualified candidates. So having the opportunity to to get a job in this field is, is great, but I think it's also important to know your worth and your value. So when you are coming into a position or when you're looking to renegotiate your contract, when that district initially gives you that offer, what is what are your focal points or what are you kind of dialed into when you kind of get that initial offer from a, from a district? I look at my own priorities. Where am I at that point in my career and my personal life? You know, when I switched from my previous district here to Santa Marichas, I plan to retire from this district. So now I'm starting to look long-term. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was just starting out as an SBO, it was kind of get my foot in the door and just start you know, getting my salary and my benefits comparable, you know, to my colleagues that are maybe just starting out as well. But I always start looking at my personal as well as my professional life and where where does it lead me down the road? What do I need to get out of this for the immediate future as well as the long-term future? And can you maybe expand on that a little bit too? Because I think where you are in your career is vitally important to kind of maybe what your focal point is in your contract. So you, you alluded to it a little bit, but what... I guess, were you focused on when you first started? And I guess, what can the business officials that are maybe into their career a little bit further, what should they be looking at in terms of longevity and making sure that they're setting themselves up for um, you know, success long-term in a career? Right. So when I negotiated my contract here at Summer Riches, my focus was making sure I still remained constant from my previous contract. I, you know, I didn't want to lose money, didn't want to lose base salary, but keeping those benefits aligned. What is it that I need in the future for retirement? Do I need an annuity contribution? Do I need some longevity? Do I need to get my base salary increase? You know, I think the base salary is usually a primary focus when you're just starting, because once you have that set, it's going to grow from there and you really should never take that step back. So I feel like that's your primary focus, no matter where you're going. And then beyond that. So now as I'm negotiating my contract now, For the next four years, I'm looking at my long term. I'm looking at what can the district provide to me that's going to help me in my retirement. I came here and have to contribute a large portion to my health insurance in retirement. 
And that's something I caved on in my initial negotiation with the district. But the purpose of that was I didn't need it. I don't need the insurance in retirement due to my husband's insurance policy. But God forbid I do need it. I still want to protect myself. So, you know, it was a sticking point at the beginning four years ago where I said, okay, I can let that one go. And let's move on to other things that are more important to me. But now I'm, you know, back and talking with the superintendent and the board and saying, okay, I'd like to revisit that. You know, how do we make it a little bit more comparable to the industry norm? And, you know, just get me on in line with everybody else as opposed to what I said, okay, I can step back from right now. Because now it's something that's a little bit more important to me as I, you know, I'm looking towards that future to a retirement contract. And I'm sure that the individual points and aspects that you focus on in your contractual negotiations also kind of secondarily sends a message to the district to say that, listen, I'm more focused on the longevity and the long-term of this contract and really saying to the district, I'm here for the long-term. I'm not just focused on salary. I'm not just focused on, you know, certain smaller contributions, but I need you to kind of reciprocate and show me that you want me here long-term as well. I mean, is that kind of a fair assessment? Yeah, I would say so, you know, because another thing I'm focusing on is longevity. You know, typically we don't see that in our contracts as an individual, but we do see it in our collective bargaining agreements. Boards want to keep longevity. Our positions do tend to rotate, you know, every Mm -hmm. couple of years. But for me now, it, it's, it is sending that message to my board and saying, I'm, I'm here. I don't plan on going anywhere else. I'm committed to you and I need you to be committed to me and, you know, and compensate me fairly, just like you're doing to all your other collective bargaining agreements. Okay, this is, this is great. And I, I can see here the answers you're providing us really are like even answer some of the que- other questions we have. But one thing I want that I'm curious about, because, you know, as you get in the season right now, Again, what's what do you consider normal? I guess in that, and maybe every situation is different, right? But like I'm figuring out, okay, here's a scenario. I got an offer from a district and they're like, okay, here's a number. Like how long, how what's normal as far as going back and forth? And then like when do you know to compromise or not? Like and just say, okay, well, listen, am I gonna lose this? They're gonna give it to somebody else, or how bad do they really want me? Yes, I think it's looking at like you said, it's each individual situation mm-hmm. is going to vary. It's knowing what their timeline is for hiring. Sometimes you're privy to what your competition is. You know, if you mm-hmm. know who your final two or three candidates are and if they've offered you that job, are you going to negotiate yourself out of that offer? So you have to be careful and walk that fine line. Yeah. I would say, you know, I mean, in my past, I've negotiated for maybe about a week. But also kept in mind, when's the board meeting that they want to make the appointment at? You know, where are they at? What's their budget like? What's their cycle? What was my predecessor? You know, what did that contract look like also? Just so you had to have a gauge as to where you can go with things. Mm -hmm. Um, But and it's also focusing on just a few things. Mm. You know, I tend to focus on, I you know, pick a top three or top four items that I want to focus on knowing if I'm going to be there long-term, I know I have at least one or two more contracts to negotiate with this board. I can tackle those later on. Let me focus now on you know certain priorities, such as my vacation time and mm-hmm. salary, annuity payments or longevity. And I'm doing the same now as I'm negotiating for the second time with the same district. Just had a meeting this morning with my superintendent. He's, you know, listed priority order, wow. top five, here's where I want to be. And these are the things that are most important to me right now. 
So I, you know, I think every, like you said, though, every situation is different. Yeah. And it's, it's understanding who you're working with, understanding what board you're dealing with. You know, mm-hmm. are they known for sticking their heels in the ground on certain things, and they're not going to negotiate? It's assessing that problem and that that situation that you're in at the time. You've never walked into a situation and be like there is no competition. Like you don't have to worry about who you're up against. <laughs> you know, you I would have loved to do that numerous times. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, so I, I think that's really important perspective and context for kind of my, my next question, you know, because you're in the throes of it and it can be challenging, I think, as a school business official, because you're, you're an upper level executive, pretty much, but you're also trying to respect the process because we are oftentimes negotiating on the other side. We aren't, you know, negotiating with, you know, against the district, for lack of a better term, we're actually on the district side, working with collective bargaining agreements and different unions. So for you as an individual, how do you typically strategize kind of your salary and your other contracts in terms of like an entry point? Do you start really low? Do you start high and kind of meet in the middle? I mean, I know it's different in every single situation, but do you kind of have some general advice as to how to approach that if you're up for a contract negotiation? So being a seasoned business official, we fortunate we've got, you know, developed contacts and colleagues that, you know, we can trust and rely on and we can reach out and make phone calls and kind of say, hey, where are you at? You've been in that position for how many years? You know, can you share your contract with me or just certain points of the contract? You know, and it is something I'm doing right now. I've created a spreadsheet with some comparable size districts. It's knowing the size of your district and their budget. But like you said, too, is we're typically on the other side doing the negotiating on behalf of the district. Mm -hmm. Um, And a conversation I just had with my superintendent is it's always hard for me to go into negotiation for my own contract because I know the finances of the district. I know when we're in fiscal stress or we're trying to cut things out of the budget and then I'm coming to you asking for, you know, additional vacation days or buying back some time or those type of things that are going to cost money when I'm trying to cut things out of the budget. So, you know, I, I always struggle with that personally. But then I realized I have to advocate for myself because nobody is, Absolutely. You know, I don't have a collective bargaining agreement and I don't have union reps to go mm-hmm. fight for me. So we have to kind of learn how to separate, separate ourselves. From that. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard. It's it's very hard if you, you're running the numbers and you're doing that budget every year. You and see you, know, it, you know. Yeah. And you know what the board is looking at, but you really have to be able to put that to the side and advocate for yourself, you know, because in the end, this is our life. We need, right. you know, we need to make sure we're taken care of just as much as everybody else in the district. Okay, this is good. And that, that my question actually was more so I'm going to jump over this one, because really, you know, not in the sense of time, we're good there. But I know that, like, is there anything that you do to stand out that, that stands out to me when you're able to provide additional resources and, and data, you know, like, like you said, finding comparable districts, right, the budget, the size, and having a wherewithal, you know, with other contracts from from other of our peers and colleagues. So, but I guess board understand it, you know, they're not typically people that are working in this industry, you know, they're working in corporate or, you know, independent contractors or what have you. So they don't understand the, you know, administrative contracts. And, you know, we deal with it, trying to negotiate a teacher's contract, they don't understand the norms that are being had in those contracts. So, just as we would do when we're negotiating those contracts for the district, compare, you know, we would compare teacher contracts and certain things that they're getting to comparable districts. We have to do the same for ourselves. Well, have you faced any challenges then? I mean, I mean, you know, I know like it this is really good, a good, a good method, a good process. But I, I know is there any monkey wrench that may come in the way or maybe you faced in the past? You know, I think we all face the challenge, but like we said earlier, it's picking and choosing which ones you want to go to fight for. Okay. Um, 
I try to stay within reason as I put in a request, mm-hmm. you know, negotiating a new contract as John had asked before, you know, like at what point do we say, yeah, I'll take your offer or I want something better. I've gone in both ways where I've asked for a salary and it was way lower than what they were willing to offer. And they offered me a higher salary. Mm. I think it's very rare. I've also gone, come into places where I've offered too high of a salary and we were able to negotiate slightly lower than what I was looking for, but you pick up benefits in other areas, you know, I'm willing to give up this if you can give me this in return. So, you know, it's all part of the negotiations of that contract. And like I said, it's picking and choosing where you want to dig your feet in and what's most important to you at that time in your career and your personal life. So, you know, you talk about entering into a district and negotiating that contract, but let's say that that's settled and you maybe you're a year or two into the of three or four year contract have you ever found yourself in a position where you're looking to negotiate kind of in the middle of a contract? If you recognize something kind of hindsight saying, well, listen, I, I agreed to this up front, but now I'm realizing that, you know, X, Y, and Z has transpired and maybe we need to revisit this. Have you ever been in that kind of position or would you ever recommend doing something like that? Especially in this climate. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, so here in San Riches, two years ago, we took salary freezes. And that was something the district approached us on because we were in financial strain and trying to balance a budget and, you know, in the height of a pandemic and everything else. And it was something we as administrators and most staff in the district decided to take a freeze, you know, so I didn't necessarily negotiate that with the contract. What I tend to do is once you get in, now you start seeing the norms of the district and you Mm -hmm. start learning personalities and your board members change. So I always just, I have a, my own file and I keep my list. As I start negotiating other contracts, I start seeing what the board is willing to give and what they're taking away. You know, mm-hmm. what did my administrator's union get? What do my co- assistant superintendent counterparts, what do they have in their contract if they've been here for a while? So I just keep a running list of, hey, it'd be nice next time my contract's up to look into this, you know, and see if it's reasonable to bring in the conversation. Just so I have a list of maybe 10 items to bring to the table. And then say, okay, here's my top four priorities. You know, this is what I really, really want, but I'm willing to say I can hold on that or I really don't need that in turn for you giving me, you know, additional days or something like that. So this was about five years ago, but I was in a position that we were kind of talking about where it was actually my first business official job. And admittedly, the district took a chance on hiring me because I didn't have much of any experience. So what had happened is I got through a year kind of proved myself that I, I could do the job and kind of sat down with the superintendent and the board again. And they actually gave me an opportunity to kind of renegotiate the salary based on some metrics that we set. So I, I think there is an opportunity to do that, but it's all circumstantial. Like you said, board members change all the time. Superintendents change as well. So I, I think, as you said, kind of feeling out the board and what they're willing to move on is is really important. And with that takes some patience. So I think that's a, that's a great point. Right. And I think like, you know, say, what you did as a newbie, you know, coming in and getting your foot in the door and taking a contract and then realizing, hey, I short-sighted myself, you know, I'm worth more. Right. And it's either that or you're going to start looking for a new job, you know, and it's it's having that relationship with your superintendent and having that open conversation. As long as you have that support there, I think you certainly can reopen up a contract at any point and have that conversation because you're seeing your value is worth more than what you were willing to take in year one as you've grown and have have done great things for the district. 
Man, uh-huh. and, and it can be it can be a tough conversation too because you want to respect the the process, you you respect the finances, and know the condition of the district. But at the same time, being a self advocate is incredibly important too because, as you said, no one else is going to do it for you. We don't have a union, right. we don't have union reps to do it. So I think it is walking that fine line. But you've really kind of laid out the process beautifully for us. So thank you, Carrie. Yeah, no problem. Carrie, this is great. And like we you do anyone else um, that comes on, we always open it up to any maybe last words or pieces of advice, you know, maybe you want to give out to our fellow peers listening out there. Yeah, I think it's important, like, as we said, be your, be your own self-advocate, you know, know your worth and mm-hmm. don't shortchange yourself. We all work very hard in this industry and it's getting harder and harder with a lot of mandates. So yeah. know, you know, know how much you're worth based on your experience that you've been putting in and, and do some research. A lot of contracts are out there and available mm-hmm. to you. And if you can't find one, it can't hurt. Make the phone call. Just call uh, you. <laughs> call me. I mean, I have a lot of data. I do my I research and I make sure that I'm awesome. treated just as fair as every other employee in the district. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Well, this is great. I mean, a mass negotiator. And, you, you know, you talk with such you such confidence and just like, I mean, they, they got to give you whatever you want. I, I know. I, I wouldn't want to negotiate against you. Know, and, 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 and listen, you're, you're going through this right now, which is amazing. You know, you're even able to share this with us. You know, what they listen to podcasts now. But anyway, they won't, they won't listen to our podcast. <laughs> but I think, you know, as I'm going through it, I'm meeting with my superintendent. And he even said, he's like, maybe you're better off just you and the board president sit one-on-one and negotiate your own wow. Why use yeah. me as a middleman? Because I think you'll probably make better headway that way. Yeah. And wow. it's a comfort sure. level. You know, I do yeah. have a good relationship with my board president, so I'm comfortable doing that nice previous i don't know if i would have mm-hmm. but it, you know it depends on the people that you're working with well and i think that speaks to the level of trust that you have obviously with your superintendent and your board which is great i mean that makes the process so much easier because yeah. it's not as contentious and if the board really can't do something you know i think you're going to take it much more so than if it was more a contentious relationship saying listen we, this isn't going to work but now that you have that trust factor it just you know i think both sides it plays out much better for, for everyone Right. And you have to be realistic. You know, you have to be realistic in your requests that you're putting out there. You can't, you know, absolutely shoot for the stars, but mm-hmm. understand what you're going to get. Right. Right. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for your time yes, today. Thank um, you. Thank you. Especially no problem, being busy in, in the middle of your own negotiations. But the, I know this is going to be some valuable information for many of our assistant superintendents, sure. business and business officials alike across the state. So, uh, again, just want to thank you for your time today and uh, really appreciate it. Good seeing you guys. Same here. See you soon. And thanks for listening today. That was our interview with Carrie Laughlin of Central Mauritius. I got it that time, Central School District. And we just want to thank her for her time today because that was incredibly insightful and a lot of great information for all business officials, really. Awesome. And can you believe she's going through it right now? Again, like I said at the beginning. How timely is that? Timely, 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 timely stuff. And I know there are openings out here in Allen. I'm sure they're across the state. So business officials out there, you know, take heed. And she said even call her. I mean, I wouldn't put it out there to call her, but I mean, like, listen, <laughs> we, won't we know. Your number. Yeah, we, yeah, we know <laughs> that we all are in this together. We can reach out to any one of us. So uh, right. this was great. And uh, I wanted to say that as you move along, the, the calendar gets more and more exciting. It gets more and more diverse stuff that we didn't even cover last year so just just stay in tune look forward to a lot of good good stuff we're about to share and you know with that we we do thank carrie again and we move on so as i do every time this is jack mitchell signing off that's your perspective thanks everyone